Hi, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Tales podcast. Joined today by a lady called Emma Weber. Um, I call her Em. Uh, that's how she she likes to be known. So Em uh, is a, an old friend now, and uh, we've connected a number of times around a product called Coach M that she uses. You'll hear about it today. Coach M is think chatbot, think coaching, embedding, think learning, uh, and embedding of learning in there. And um, again, she's doing some great work around the concept of learning, how we embed learning through application, but also reflection. So you'll hear today about that tool, but you'll also hear just a real taste of um, her thinking, which is amazing. Met her recently when she was across from Australia in the UK. We sat and um, we riffed off a number of topics uh, around learning and thinking and growth and individual growth. And yeah, she's a fascinating lady. So looking forward to hearing your feedback, M. Weber. Hey, M. welcome. How are you? I'm great. Really great. Good to see you on the Leadership Tales podcast and see you and hear you. For those listening, yeah, you can listen in, but it's great to see you as well. Um, um, it'd be lovely just to do a quick introduction for the, the listeners about who you are. I mean, in theory, they know who I am at the moment, but, you know, who are you? <laughs> who am I? Great question to uh, yeah. kick us off. Um, so, Colin, lovely to be speaking with you and sharing with your listeners. Um, I would say I am a business owner based in Sydney, Australia. I've been living here 20 years, originally from the UK, and I work in the space of learning. And I think of myself as a very lucky person. Hey, and it, we've got a bit of a serendipitous piece because your family is just over the hill from me here, which we didn't realize. And then you'd worked with one of my colleagues, bizarrely, when we first got connected. It's a small world. It is. <laughs> Sydney to the UK, it's a small world. Uh, and You've got a fascinating background and a fascinating journey. And you're, one of the reasons that we connected so well is because of the, the passion and the depth of our, our thinking and our work around learning. So maybe tell people about what you do as a business, and then we can start to, to, to talk about how you got there, basically. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So our specialism as a business is turning learning into action which is helping people implement what they've learned as part of a learning program or training intervention. Um, for me, though, that is really about behavioral change and making a difference through learning. So helping people learn and grow, but really having that make an impact on the business or the organization or the society even that they're operating in. So impact is the key for me. And it's through that real challenge that we all have, whether it's a book we're reading, a podcast we're listening to, or a training program we can be part of, that we go through a learning experience, we're inspired and we're motivated. But how do we actually ensure that the things that we've learned don't just stay as the knowledge, they become behavioral change? I love that. And I, and I think that, you know, the, the awards that we've won in the past working with clients around this leadership and this moving the dial on behavior, the, the piece for me is you can have an amazing program, can't you? You can go in, you can do a fantastic workshop. We can use our actors. Um, and it is a brilliant experience. It's nothing against the actors or the facilitators, the consultants, but the learning um, or the amount of knowledge retention afterwards is very minimal. And we need to keep bringing ourselves back to it unless there's a retention strategy afterwards. 
For yeah. those who don't know, what and is that about? Down. Yeah. Well, and I think it goes beyond retention mm. because retention, we often think about it still being about the knowledge and the learning, whereas actually we need to shift it from that information to application and behavior change. And speaking of rewards, Colin, if I may jump in there, we've just um, actually been awarded two Gold Brandon Hall Awards for some work that we've been doing in um, EDI, Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. And if ever there's a program that has the danger of remaining theoretical and about the knowledge, because of the level to which it is confronting, to really be able to take that work and ensure that that is translated into behaviour change has just been such an honour to be working in that in that space. So really the approach that we take in terms of creating behavioral change, it's kind of program or topic agnostic, mm -hmm. which is why it's more a methodology than either content or information. And it's, for me, when I first explored, because the, the tool that I, I love that you have is Coach, Coach M, um, which is, you know, and you better describe it because I'll get it wrong, but it's, it's this ability to finish a course and then uh, an automated system, whether through Microsoft Teams, other um, chat functions, you can start to book up some sort of uh, conversation, which feels amazingly, it feels like a real conversation, like you're having a chat with somebody on an app, um, which, you know, WhatsApp I'm addicted to. That's how I do most of my communication, but it feels like a normal chat. And, and you described it as a coffee conversation, but just if you can tell us a bit more about how that works, because I think people, firstly, people have just gone, D and I, I've got to do this in our business. What is it? How did you win the award? Yeah. And then secondly, what did you use to win the award? Yeah. The interesting thing about Coach M, who we consider to be a member of the team, um, but we're getting to sticky water then with, um, you know, AI and chatbots and yeah. uh, <laughs> to what level do they really understand? Um, Modelled on the work that our fabulous human team has been doing over, as I say, you know, I've been in business 20 years now and we've been working across um 12 countries, 16 languages, we had built up the experience of these learning transfer conversations. So we really understood the structure of the conversation, the patterns that occur in these conversations. And the, uh, human conversations are 30 minutes at a time, so it's very short, sharp, focused. And we took all of this knowledge and we started playing around with the flow of a chatbot. And we really did it almost to prove that it couldn't be done because it seems such a ridiculous, ridiculous concept to, our, to me particularly. Um, I'm very much a people person. Um, I've, you know, been known as a coaching snob for my um, purist approach to coaching. And the idea that a chatbot could coach in a way even similar to a human just, just seemed really odd. And um, one day I was having a meeting with a client. We had finished the meeting and we were just in the part of the meeting where you're having your coffee and you're having fun and having a chit chat. And I said, have a look at this thing we've been, you know, playing around with and experimenting with. And um, the client said, oh, I want it. <laughs> and I said, my answer was, really? Honestly, that? Which obviously from a, from a business development viewpoint, Colin, <laughs> it's, not, it's not your best selling technique. No. 
And I just said, really? Do you really think people would talk to this? And the client, Marie Daniels, fabulous woman, she said, yes, I think they will. We need to try it. And so the first few projects we were involved in, it was really the clients plying it out of our hands more than us saying, hey, we've got this great tool. It's like, really? Do we really think this is going to work? And the fascinating thing is that it does. And some people say they prefer talking with Coach M than a human Mm -hmm. because they open up more because they know they can't be judged. So it's that high level of psychological safety, which we talk about you know, in, a lot in the space of leadership. Um, but it's been an absolutely fascinating journey over the last five years to keep refining, to keep improving. And um, Colin, we're just, we're just about to put, um, we've got a new, new version out um, with kind of flexible number of action plans, goals that can be revisited. Um, I hatched a new idea at the weekend of combining some human and coaching. Shouldn't do that. So shouldn't do that. Come on. No, no, no. We told, <laughs> no talked more, about that, that's, haven't we? <laughs> my, my, that's what the team say. Emma, no more no new more. ideas. <laughs> and, and to loop us back round to the EDI, it was a fabulous project to be involved. It was actually in the UK with the Royal Institute of British Architecture. Um, and... One of the fabulous things that was a real combination of um, human and technology in that across the whole organization, the staff worked with Coach M, the senior leadership team worked with one of our team, and the mid-level managers worked with a combination of Coach M and one of our team. So you had that real mix across the organization of just giving everyone the opportunity to really focus, not only go through that we use this cultural intelligence tool. If you're not familiar with that, it's called CQ out of the US, um, done in partnership with the Unheard Voice, Marsha Ramroop, just amazing, an absolute privilege to be involved. So, yeah, del- delighted with the recognition yeah. um, that the program has received, but also for the work that we did with all the people involved because you're really – challenging people to consider their actions and consider what they can do differently in that space. And, you know, the sim- simple things and, you know, the, the simple things about coaching when I was going through it, which are some of the rigor and discipline about coaching, things like the scaling. So asking the question out of a, you know, out of 10, how do you feel you're doing on this topic? Um, and then the gap analysis. So firstly, what's, what got you to your six out of 10, for example? And therefore, what, what would get you to the next eight, nine, um, is one thing. So I, I really like that. And I, I think for me, it's a bit like the habit tracker, James Clear's work. It gives you some measurements and some stats to be able to, to, to work towards. But once you've scaled, and Michael Bungisani, a good friend, would would talk about he uses a lot of scaling questions to open up workshops, webinars, whatever else. With one one to seven, where are you? But what I loved about it is when you come back in for your next chat, yeah, you've got the data and it's it's referencing that data, it's referencing your thoughts. And the, the more I look at, you know, there's a tool out there called Cultivate, which is a coaching AI piece, which starts to to measure uh, almost uh, what you're doing as a coach and how you're uh, integrated to the point that it it recognizes in the emails. This is my lim- limited understanding of it. Recognizes in emails the tone 
the amount of times you're appreciating others, the amount of times you are recognizing their and rewarding in words their their contributions. But because Coach M, as you say, has got psychological safety, it's that ability to just sit in that moment with a coffee on your phone and go, yeah, I only scored myself six out of 10. Where am I? And it could be that realization you're at six. It could be I've moved to eight. But it's the hard facts afterwards which says, so what got you to it? What What is the 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 learning, the application to use your words that you've done since, which I love? Yeah. And one of the the reasons again that we started in this space around experimentation was I was always saying to my human team, remember that it's not about you forming your relationship with the participant. It's about you helping the participant or the learner in our cases build that relationship with themselves. And it really is about helping that individual get underneath their thoughts, feelings, value, beliefs, fears, and needs, which we know are what controls our behaviors to then help people move forward. And there's a lot of talk about social learning and, you know, group learning. And I love that. And it's not that I think people shouldn't be interacting, but to some level to build those relationships, you have to have a healthy relationship with yourself and you have to be able to have those internal reflections that will help you move forward. So for me, I think it's a real contributor in the space of, of leadership, of helping people build that reflection muscle. Um, because we're so busy, because we, you know, rarely take the time to slow down and think and plan things through. Um, it's almost like a, um, you know, online journal, a journaling tool that helps you think through problems that you're looking to solve or actions that you're moving forward with. And, you know, just building on that point, because I, I love that just my hip meditation practice in the morning, the three, when I'm in that mode, the three things are warmth, light, which sets me in the right mood. But I've actually started to add a couple of things. One is self-love and the second is compassion. So self-love is, so how well am I doing in my own self-love? Yeah. Which might sound for some people listening, woo, woo but it actually for me, it goes, so how, how much am I giving myself the love before I can do the compassion to others? and the leadership to others. But scaling that would be even better. Where am I in that, that mode? Because as you say, you can't tickle yourself, we describe. <laughs> uh, you can't tickle yourself, but that gives you that scaling bit. And then it says, so what? So what are you going to do? What are you going to do as actions um, to take? And the, uh, the thing I love about the meditation space, which is a bit like the coach M, because you buy yourself with a coffee, is that it gives you that reflection time, which, as my friend Jamie Smart would say, is the most underutilized skill in leadership is reflection time. Yeah. So when you get to that, and then there is this bit, which I love, which is also if you don't want to talk to the non-human member of your team, you can go to a human member of the team. I'm interested in seeing how many people go to that that option because that that was that almost as a person at the Scottish Presbyterian goes no I've got to stick with this I've got to but some people do like to go and talk to a human yeah so they do but not very often interesting so and and I think inter it's partly how we frame it so at the moment oh, it's, it's almost as if you're in on our new idea <laughs> um, so, are you allowed to tell <laughs> so us at about the moment, it <laughs> at the moment it's um you say rescue if you mm. want to reach out to a person yep. and we will, you know, check in, find out how we can support that person. 
And, you know, sometimes in the, in the, in the old days, people would say rescue. I need to change the time of my learning break where oh, actually yeah. you can just say change or book and <laughs> you don't need a person for that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But what we're actually doing is for some organizations now really packaging up human coaching within that. And instead of rescue, the command is going to be get coach. And what actually happens is then the person um, says, right, I'm in this country. Um, I would ideally like coaching this week, the next couple of weeks or this month. And then either they, they either nominate a coach if they've worked with someone on the team before or they, you know, and have a link to the diary, et cetera, and they put a title of what really they, they want the coaching support about. And the coach, of course, then has access to the conversations also that they've had with Coach M, so they have the, the summary. So we've, we've already have projects where we have coaches involved in a more linear, more structured fashion. So you might have one learning break, one coaching conversation, a learning break, the learning break being with um, Coach M when you grab your coffee, you grab your mobile phone, sit and have your chat with Coach M. Um, but this Get Coach, it will be used much more for people's development and it may be that they have, um, you know, worked with Coach M for 12 months and within that have four coaching sessions. One of my real passions, Colin, and how we even came to, came to start the business is – um, I had my first career in retail, buying and merchandising, um, worked for Debenhams oh. Next, which many of your British listeners will be no, familiar no. with, started my graduate traineeship in Phoenix of Bond Street, beautiful store. There's nostalgia for you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> retail was my first love, my first passion, and I was working at Freeman's Home Shopping down in um, Stockwell, and I attended a manager as coach program. And it's as if on that day, the whole world changed. And I can remember the first coaching conversation I ever had with someone. I remember where I was sat. I can remember the topic of the conversation. And I just thought, wow, I love this way of being in the world. And, um, and that was the catalyst for my move three years later to Australia and choosing to start essentially a coaching based business, which we have honed our methodology to support learning. Um, but that essence of coaching stays, stays with us and is absolutely at the core. I think what, what I love about that is because my first gig was in this uh, industry was coaching for Standard Life. And I remember that I walked in, that was my first ever training session but I had to stand on the stage as if I'd done that for years because I was being paid. I remember about four years later, a client friend who um, suddenly realized I told her the story that was my first gig and never done coaching, training and everything. And she, she absolutely lost it. Said, can't believe you did, you know, how you do it. But it was, it was that piece that I still resonate to that as well. But what was fascinating to me is we've both gone the same journey and Michael is, Monkey Stanley has done the same, which is how do you simplify the coach and the coaching to allow people to see this <clears throat> not as an imposition, not as a something I have to do, but something that releases um, individuals and potential in, in others. And keeping it simple for me is the most difficult thing within the coaching piece. Yeah. And also, I think there's a narrative around coaching. I was having a fascinating um, conversation with a 
colleague in the um, US the other day from the Learning and Development um, Accelerator Conference, and we were talking about the narrative around coaching and why is it people think, I don't need a coach. Least of all, I need a chatbot as a coach. Um, and, and is it particularly at the senior levels that people feel that? We were, we were questioning, we were, you know, having a discussion as opposed to saying this is exactly how it happens. But I think one of the things is for me, as we touched on earlier, that actually the coaching is as, is as good as we can, um, slow down and reflect and open up to ourselves. And so in some ways, if we're saying, I don't need a coach or I don't want to coach, it's like, I don't want to open up to myself. I don't want to understand, you know, what's happening, either moving myself forward or not. It may be that people are, you know, kind of past working with a coach and have already done that and, are, you know, on their, on their level. I still work, um, you know, with coaches at supporting me in my, in my business and on my journey. Um, so, so Colin, to loop back round, one of the things I think about our transition now as we're going into Coach M and Coach M combining um, back really integrated and in a flexible way with a human approach is that we're going to see that it's using a lot more for profession, for kind of someone's development journey across a year as opposed to just a development journey across kind of essentially, which for us is typically 12 weeks. Um, where someone is implementing learning from a specific learning initiative that they've been part of. And that's partly recognizing the, the, the nature and the way that learning is changing at the moment that we are needing to learn continuously. And we're seeing a lot more of kind of, you know, a six month learning journey or a nine month learning journey and really making sure that that doesn't just become about practice. Um, because a lot of the time I think in learning, when we talk about behavioral change, Sorry, tangent alert, Colin. I'm taking this on a tangent, but I think it's useful. It's Tangents are allowed. We call it squirreling. Yep. So we're allowed okay. to squirrel. Yep. <laughs> good, good. Um, that we think if I practice a skill, I'm changing my behavior. But actually, there's a phase in between practicing and then deciding to adopt it as part of who we are and how we show up as a leader. Yeah. And, and what I'm seeing in learning at the moment is a lot of, um, in those six to nine month journeys, people are focusing on the practicing and building the skill, mm -hmm. but not actually getting people to that point where they say, hang on a second, I'm going to make a commitment to actually adopt this into my leadership behaviors, into my way, into my role, into the way I show up in the world. So, so I think there's a, something to be said for that. I think looping back into what you said about the senior leadership, because I, I think what we're talking about here is identity. So I'm with you. There's a skill, but if you actually look at, uh, you know, James Clear's work again, but a lot of the work we're doing at the moment, unless you're, unless you're clear in the journey you're taking as a leadership to a new identity. Um, and yes. it, again, I'm listening to, um, Stephen M. R. Covey's book, um, Trust and Inspire. And what he talks is command and control. A lot of senior leaders are used to command and control. And, that, you know, I've got something in my business at the moment that I sense at the moment that some people are not willing to speak up in the business. I've had this feedback. Now, I'm trying to work out why. But if if I am not adapt, adopting or adapting uh, my identity to be more of a coach, to practice and then see it as part of my identity, then it won't live. It's just something I do to say, oh, I coach, but I'm not a coach. 
um, and working in there. And I think this is the senior leadership issue. We were chatting about it with a client last week. Is I think at the senior level, why do people? Why does development and training not work? Because the more senior you get, in theory, the more you fear opening up, and the risk you take about opening up. But I actually love going back to just one thing you said, and I'll uh, come back to you. Is we struggle to open up to others in psychological safety, but if we're struggling to open up to ourselves about ourselves, that double whammy at a senior leadership is all the insecurity they need to say, yeah, I'm not going to coach. I'm not going to change. Yeah. And I think there's so much confusion around the word coach yeah. as to what does it truly mean? And, and it is so broad and there's so many different ways you can show up and coach and be a coach and people, you know, whether it's particularly in Australia or whether it's around the world as well. But sporting coaches, you know, when you say the word coach, people think first and foremost of a sporting coach, of someone, you know, correcting your, your golf swing or your tennis swing or you're on your football. And I mean, Aussie rules here, not soccer. Yeah, and for those listening um, in America, that's soccer or American football. Yeah, lovely. we've got to translate <laughs> lovely here. <laughs> um. So I think there's, there's something about the definition of coaching, um, but also there's a, there's a, a realistic um, acknowledgement around the, the command and control, you know, leadership style, which we know we're moving away from and we see organizations shifting towards more of a coaching style. But I think there needs to be acknowledgement that humans is just as we are, Certainty and control, to su to such a large extent, makes our lives easier. Yeah. And then there's the the balance of, but wanting the kind of the adventure and the change and the challenge to keep things interesting. And so, um, yeah, letting go of the control, I think that that has to be a lifelong lifelong game for everyone, surely. And I do think this is where coming back to Coach M, it does help. Tools like it, uh, you know, are are good because, as you say, the self reflection, the letting go, but that need for you know everybody wants certainty. I'd love to be able to predict my income for the business and be able to make decisions, but I can't. Yeah, um, I'd like to be able to predict how my daughters grow up. I can't. Yeah, all of those things. And when it comes back to it, it comes back to this piece where coaching, the broad definition of coaching, the pain point that people have that they want coaching on, sometimes they don't know who to go to. And also the leader, I don't think, knows how to flow in that conversation when they get into it. So what's prompting in my mind, and this is an exploration in my mind, is that Coach M and tools like it, if you gave it to the direct reports and the employees to coach themselves on learning and tracking, plus you have the leaders involved and working, then you've got a self-sustaining system, which I'd never thought about before because I'd always thought about Coach M as an end of a program to develop. But there, there's an opportunity for me in, in my mind. And it goes back to D&I, goes back to own development, goes back to psychological safety. So, so I love your new ideas. Yeah. And what I'm finding when... Um when we work with someone that has had conversations with Coach M, often you can go in deeper, quicker, because they've already done some of the basic reflection, 
um, and basic sort of thinking through the situation themselves. So then when the conversation is supported in a human way, you can actually then kind of really laser in to to the kernel that's, you know, at the heart of that challenge or opportunity. Yeah. And, it, you know, using the sporting analogy, there's a lot going on at the moment, but um, cultural architects is one I was picking up the other day, you know, where people are coming in who are cultural architects. But if you take the sporting analogy, doing the, your own work as an individual coming into the organization, doing your own learning, your own development, and bringing that to the team without needing to have your line manager um, telling you about it is a cultural architect. And we've got a few people who are already doing their own work who come in and made a massive difference to us but from the sporting analogy football that's where I got the idea because people who would train at to a certain extent would go into the gym before they started a training session individually they'd do their own work Mm. to warm up I think there's a good analogy there into the business about individually what you expect of, of people who work in a business to do their own work so they come with a different mindset um and readiness to go deeper when they get into the main team. Yeah, I love that. So tell me a bit about how you organize this, because leadership, you're talking leadership, you're talking coaching, you're talking Coach M. You beautifully said you've got your human team and then you've got Coach M as being part of it. So what's it like to run a business in this space, in the technology and other space at the moment? It's never a dull moment. <laughs> and... Um... I'm very, very grateful for we have amazing tech partners that we work with. I think the tech space is so um, interesting at the moment in terms of, um, you know, ethics and privacy and the complexity alone in that part of the business. I'm delighted um, that we work with our tech partners out of the US. Um, I have a fully virtual business. And um, many people I've been working with for a number of years I've never met. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. I love that the team connect. And if, um, you know, someone's going on holiday to, to France, they'll connect in with our coach in France. If someone's, you know, going to the Netherlands, they'll connect in with the team member in the Netherlands. Um, so I, and certainly at the very beginning of the pandemic when things shifted to a lot of virtual working we were running quite a lot of few information sessions about how do you run a, a fully virtual team because we had been doing that for years and yeah. and didn't know that it was going to kind of be needed as a thing and and so sharing some of the tools that we use around the pulse check in our meetings the grateful glad the the way that we intentionally build culture because we don't have the water cooler chats. We don't catch up off chance in the lunchroom. Um, yeah, that's, that's all the things that make building this business fun. Tell me about Grateful Glad. And then people are going to be listening. Grateful Glad. Well, it always used to be um, Glad and then the fabulous Pat on our team suggested we make it a grateful glad. We always close off our meetings with um, what's one thing you're grateful or glad about. Oh, it can be nice. business, it can be that day, it can be family. It's just always a beautiful way to yeah. to close a meeting. Love that. 
and we could talk for ages and I'm going to welcome you back on, I'm sure, another point and, you know, let's let's chat more. And today what I've loved about this is it's a focus on CoachM, it's a focus on technology, it's a focus on embedding, but it's also where we sometimes squirrel off into in this, in how does an individual start to learn and, and do you remember the spiral diagrams we were drawing when we were together? go into this piece where they are starting to to have enlightenment for themselves as an individual and go into leadership. So I want to just take it back in to a question just to finish with. It's asking everybody as a new part to this podcast, but it's if you had to pick one experiment that you've done in your life that has been successful, had a risk to it, but you tried it and it made the biggest impact on on you, what would it be? Well, we've already touched on how Coach M was a true experiment in the beginning and, and you know, continues to have experimentation at its heart. So I'm not going to use that one, Colin. I'm going to use a little known fact to people. Um, when I moved to Australia 20 years ago this year, um, I'd, I'd lived in the Middle East for uh, 18 months which in Kuwait, which was, which was a little bit tough. Um, so when I moved here, I moved here as an experiment and I moved here when I was um, really starting on my first, my personal growth journey. And I'd learned a lot of things, but living in London, um, working for an organization, I thought if I, if I stay in London and I try and start my own business, I'm going to be tempted back if someone offers me a nice salary and a fast car <laughs> as part of the package. Yep. So I thought I'll go somewhere where no one knows me and experiment with what I'm learning on my personal growth journey experiment with setting my vibe each day, experiment with setting my intentions. And I thought, I'll come here for a year. And if it goes horribly wrong, I'll go back home and I'll just pretend I was traveling. <laughs> and <laughs> 20 Love years that. later, the experiment is still an experiment. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm, I'm fully settled just yeah. in case my partner listens into this. Yeah. Um, it's no longer an experiment, yeah. but I did move to Australia in an experiment. And the deal with my family was that if it, if it, you know, if I wasn't having fun and I wasn't enjoying it, I would go back home. But I literally moved here to, to reinvent, um, just a way of working, way of being, starting my own business and working with my kind of coaching skills and, and the growth skills that I'd worked on. So I love that because it's, you know, there's a big thing about cultural behavior change. And part of it is about the environment. Um, and I love the fact, you know, when James Clear talks about the, raw mar uh, the Marines in the war who had addiction to heroin, they thought everybody, once they came back from Vietnam, would be still addicted. But the environment had changed. So getting your environment moved into a different postcode, zip code, and then finding that space. I love that. And I love the words getting your vibe right as well. So that's, yeah, I love that word. I'm going to remember. I keep remembering that word and just give me a vibe. Love that. And now you did it. Emma, it's been a, a real pleasure. Always is to chat to you. I'd love to welcome you back on again. But if people want to find you, find more about Coach M and other pieces, where would they go to? Yeah. Transferoflearning.com. So transferoflearning.com or very welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. So it's lovely to chat with you, Colin. And um, yeah, fascinating just to explore today. Good. Thank you, Em. Speak to you soon. You know what, sometimes you meet people who just make it easy to have a conversation and also inspire you to to think differently in learning. And I loved Em's concept of her experiments and her journey and 
seeing it could be a traveling uh, visit to Australia, see how it works and goes. And so therefore it was a, a brilliant conversation, but also just when I was listening to her about the, the thinking she does and the coaching and things she's starting to do about the senior level, it, it resonates really with a, a conversation that we're having in our business with our clients about the, the, the wider definition of coaching, the wider definition of a conversation at the leadership level, how people are having it, how we make it simpler for people to, to live with that and not only practice it, but sustain that learning and have the identity, uh, in that space of a, a conversation or a coach, depending on the identity you want to take. So fascinating conversation, well worth checking out, well worth tre- checking out the tool coach M their non-human member of their team to uh, see what you think about it. But that was M Weber. Amazing lady. Thanks for listening. And I'll welcome you back in another episode. <laughs>